This podcast is made possible by the generous contributions from listeners just like you. If you have the means and you'd like to contribute, click on the link in the show description to go to my supporter page. Once you're there, it's completely up to you how much you'd like to give. There's no minimum and no maximum and no ongoing charges. Enjoy this episode and thanks for listening to The Saturday Quiz. Thanks for pressing play on this episode of The Saturday Quiz. My name's John Leary and it's my job on this podcast to ask the 10 general knowledge questions from the quiz in The Saturday Paper and it's up to my guests to come up with the answers. This week I'm joined by one returning guest and one guest new to the podcast but they both star in the world's funniest TV show about probate law, (laughs) Fisk. Welcome to the show, Julia Zamiro and Kitty Flanagan. Thank you very much, Johnny. Yay! Thrilled to be here. Oh, well, I'm thrilled to have you on the show. It's it's a real treat. And lovely to have you back, Julia Zamiro. Oh, and to be doing it with Kitty, my former boss, and that's <laughs> delightful. Hello. Now, Fisk is <laughs> smashing it, right? Uh, well, we went global, which was um, great, but can I say... Shocking. I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> I'm not downplaying the show, you but I'm just saying, yeah, we certainly didn't expect to get an email from Netflix going, just to let you know, it's gone um, top 10 globally. So That is incredible. We have discovered, wow. though, that people are watching in the US with subtitles, and I'm getting a lot of backhanded compliments about my real face. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, well, that's funny. <laughs> really enjoying... A real face on television. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's, well, that uh, is new to the Americans. They don't understand it. They, they don't yeah. see it and they're delighted. That's right. It's, it's been a long time since they've seen real faces on their so television screens. Look forward evidently. to Helen Tudor Fisk appearing with beasting lips and big fillers <laughs> in her cheeks next time we see her. It's a whole episode. <laughs> to try. Yeah, is there, I mean, I don't know, do I get to be the one to break any kind of news? Is there a third season? We don't have anything official yet, but uh, Penny and I are certainly writing it with our fingers crossed, thinking Excellent. surely they're going to give us one now. Surely. Yeah, surely. surely. Top, top ten Netflix show. <laughs> Come on. And a little write-up in the New York Times. In the, in, the, in the TV section, wasn't that right, Kitty? It was, and more importantly for you, Julia, an excellent review, probably our best review in Le Monde. Oh, la up. la. Have you not read You're it, joking. Julia? I, I will send well, it to you. You can even so, read it in French. What do you mean, how would you know? Don't you get Le Monde delivered to no. your inbox every... Uh, no, I, unfortunately, uh, I do not have the papers. Now I just bloody rely on social media like everybody else. I hate myself. I just want to take the time and throw it away. Anyway, as well as Fisk being on Netflix, my listeners can see you, Julia, in Great Australian Walks with yes. Julia Zamiro on SBS. And, Kitty, I discovered that your book, 488 Rules for Life, and the second volume... More Rules for Life, Mm. is actually available on the ABC Listen app. Yeah, you can listen to it. People apparently really like listening to it in the car and a lot of kids like it for some reason. I seem to really appeal for kids. Kids like rules apparently and they like calling out their parents on the rules, going, well, you do that and it's against the rules. Mm, So, yes. I went and saw The Dismissal the other night. It was opening night and Phil from Human Nature, who has recently won Dancing with the Stars, him and his wife told me that their son, who is only nine, 
loves listening to Kitty's rule book on audio <laughs> when he goes go. to bed. When he goes to bed. He when he goes to bed. It. Yeah, as a little bit. on listening. <laughs> so he's, he's just ingesting those rules for life as he goes to sleep. You must have a very relaxing voice, Kitty. Like, do you do a lot of comedy in that Audible book? Or? Well, yeah, I would have thought I was really giving it some petrol, but clearly I'm not because <laughs> it's quite soporific. <laughs> I remember during COVID as well, my neighbour was, was concerned about me not being able to work. And he said to me, oh, I've done your favour, I've, um, I've bought your audio book to support you. And he said, and I listen to it every night to help me get to sleep. Oh, my God. Wow, these, you're just getting backhanded compliments left, right and centre. Between that and my real face. <laughs> I'm a knockout, kids. She's got a real face and a voice that puts you to sleep. It's She's a Kitty Flanagan, ladies and gentlemen. Oh my my kid, who is also nine years old, loves Fisk. Like, we, oh, we watch Fist together. Oh, yeah. That warms my heart. I'm always so happy when we're appealing to the next generation. We wanted to make a show that people could watch with their kids in the room without thinking, oh, no, everyone's going to get oh. nude and start having sex. We're yeah. all going to have to get awkward. So we really wanted to make a show that appealed. There's the occasional swear word in Fist, but we are quite um, – we're judicious with it. We're judicious yeah. with it. I agree. Now, on this podcast, I asked my guests, before we get into the questions, mm. if they have a favourite piece of trivia – do either of you have a favourite piece of trivia? Do you need some thinking time, Kitty? Because I've oh, got one. I might one. do. Yes, I might do. Go, so, Julia. Um, only because I am doing these Great Australian Walks uh, on SBS 7.30 Thursday night. <laughs> we did one in the Blue Mountains this week and we got a fantastic bug expert, an entomologist, mm-hmm. Tanya Letty's her name. Anyway, she was telling me that, firstly... Did you know that there are bugs in this country, there are insects in this country, there are invertebrates in this country of Australia that still haven't been named? They're not officially titled. So you, Johnny, you, Kitty, or I could go out there and discover some invertebrate and give it a name. The K-bug, the J-bug, the Leary worm, whatever you wanted to. (laughs) You could go out there. So get into bugs and you might be able to name one after yourself. Wow, that's cute. Yeah, great. Thanks, Julia. Is, is there a um, that entomologist should name one after you? I reckon for your service to the to the, the de- invertebrate. The depressing part of it is is that um, we know so little about invertebrates here in Australia because there's just no money for research for it. And I said, well, why do you think that is? She said, I honestly think it's because humans don't see themselves in invertebrates they look at a chimp or a dog or and they go oh yeah that's sort of humany or something it's like it's such an alien world the bug Mm. world that it's like oh we don't warm to them or something and she said but we really have to because they're the secret of stuff dying out you know they're the secret Uh of how everything works together so yeah she was great really enjoyed yeah right Uh, Kitty, do you have a favorite piece of trivia look i'll just pick up on the uh insects um I just oh, heard yes. some. I heard some fun facts about uh, bees and wasps the other day. Oh yes, bit of a difference. A bee is actually a type of wasp, but it doesn't have a waist. <laughs> so, a bee is like a fat wasp. <laughs> so wasps, what wasps have a waist, and bees are just fat and enjoying life. Do you and think wasps <laughs> are watching some bee television and going, it's so nice to see a real no waste on Yeah, on all TV. the wasps are just sitting around going, I love how the bees have just let themselves go. You know what? One day I'm going to do that too and turn into a bee. Oh, my God. Now you wow. say it, I can see it. I can yeah. see it. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and, sure, and you shouldn't you shouldn't annoy your wasps. Wasps are your nature's uh, your garden's pest control. Apparently, if you just leave them there, they'll take care of oh. all the other bugs and everything else are eating your um eating your garden. A bit, so, a bit like spiders, so let the wasps I guess. Be. Instead of instead of getting all like you know, oh my god, it's a wasp! I've got to kill it. Mm. We're yeah. all guilty of it, but um, that thing's worked hard to get its little waist down. Don't kill it. It's put in a lot of effort. Yeah. They're, they're great pieces of trivia. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let's get into the questions. Here we go. Question number one. The first Indigenous Australian to become a federal member of parliament was Neville who? Bonner. Oh, well done, Julia. Very well done. Well done, Julia. Very well done. Jill, I was, I was just about to say. I was just about to say. <laughs> but Julia got in there. I could see she had it. I thought I'll let her take the first one. She let, let me her take, take it. That was nice. Well done. Do you know anything about Neville Bonner, Julia Zamira? Um, I do a little bit. I mean, you know, um, in our house when I was growing up, we had all the papers. We had the National Times, as it was known then, the Nation Review, the Australian, the Sydney Morning Herald. And so I do remember quite enjoying time with my mum reading papers. And so you'd pick up all the names of the politicians. You didn't actually know who they all were. So I know him from that. But what mm-hmm. he, when, I mean, 70s? Yeah, early 70s. So he became the first Aboriginal member of any Australian parliament after filling a casual vacancy in 1971. And went on to win in his own right at the next four elections. But he was dropped from the Liberal Senate ticket in the 1983 election and then nearly got elected as an independent. But, yeah, he, w- he was an interesting figure in that he often crossed the floor against the Liberal government. Yeah. Well, we didn't get those papers. We got the sun. So if you need to know the name of the first Indigenous page three girl, I could probably help you out. (laughs) The sun. Wow. Who who could forget the sun? (laughs) Jesus. I think we we should all forget the sun. Gosh, that's a fascinating bit of insight into your life, Kitty Sunny. I like it. Are you starting to realise why I'm so stupid? <laughs> no, well, you haven't you haven't proven that yet. Not yet. Wait till we get to question number Nine 10. Nine to go. Nine to go. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. Question number two. Yes. Wental traps, stroms, cowries, and dog whelks are all types of what? Shell? Oh what'd you say? A shell. Shell. You're hundred percent right. Oh, Kitty Flanagan out the gate. Look how wow. short she is. All right. She shocked herself. Which one gave it away? I think it, we there was a lift out in the sun one year on um, Great Shells <laughs> of Australia. It was like a colour supplement. It featured the cowrie shell. Um, yes, of course. One of those lovely shells that we've all picked up <laughs> off, the, off the beach in Fiji. Cowries yeah, Fiji. are incredible. They're the really the, shiny, coloured, spotty ones, aren't they? They're quite beautiful. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or, or, the, or the, they're those um, uh, really little ones. Oh, okay. I, I went down like a massive <laughs> rabbit hole on cowrie shells. <laughs> I don't know if I've researched any of the other questions in this quiz because cowries are incredible. Okay, let me start by saying this. The term porcelain derives from the old Italian term for the cowrie shell porcelana right due to their similar appearance they're they're kind of hard shiny hard and shiny right but get this we call 
porcelain, the cups and saucers stuff, porcelain, from the Italian word for cowrie shell, porcelana, because that's what Marco Polo would have called it when he brought fine china to Europe from China because of its hard and shiny surface, resembled cowrie shells. But what do you think the origins of the word porcelana are? Oh, pig. From a pig? Poor kind? Well, yes, but no, right? Oh. Some people thought that that's why it's called porcelain, but it was like, well, why? What's the relationship between pig and cowrie shell? Not, not a great deal. Like, well, I can't make that link. But according to the Roman scholar Marcus Terentius Varro, who lived in the BCs, in his Rerum Rusticarum, which is agricultural topics, Excuse me. he writes that the Latin word porcus was a kind of inoffensive slang word commonly used by women to refer to the genitals of girls. The vaginas. Yeah, and that the shells were called porce- porcella or porcelana because of their resemblance oh, to, to the JJ. To the JJ. Wow. Yeah. So we call porcelain, cups and saucers, porcelain, after oh. a vagina. So a bit of fine, wow. bone, bit of fine bone vagina next time you're uh, in the shops. <laughs> yeah. And that's before we even get to carry shells being used all over the world for currency mm. for hundreds and in some places thousands of years, carry shells were traded for goods and services exactly like coins, money, often strung together on strings to more easily count and transport. Shell money, so cowrie shells in particular, were still being used in parts of Asia well into the 19th century and in Africa until the 20th century. And to this day, in Chinese writing, Chinese script, many characters relating to money or trade contain the character for cowrie shell. Wow. Good grief. Isn't that nuts? And that is incredible. I'm still yeah. on for JJ at this point. Yeah, though. sure. That's, that's incredible. The, Isn't that wacky? I also knew what a whelk was. I was going to say, is a whelk an edible one? Yeah. Oh, well, you can eat those. I mean, they're all shells because they are the hard exterior of a slug. sea snails or slugs or whatever. So, yeah, a strom is kind of like a conch mm-hmm. shell, like a really, really big one. A dog whelk? Dog whelk, yeah. Whelks are a, a type of snail. And wentel trap comes from the Dutch language, which means spiral staircase. Oh. And so they're those kind of curly, spirally ones that come to a kind of point. Very well done. We're only up to question two. I mean... Wentel traps, stroms, cowries and dog whelks are all types of shells. Full point so far, Katie. Well done. Doing very well. What a team. All right, true or false? Oh, (laughs) 50-50. 50-50. Yeah, yeah, good. You can... One can go one, one can go the other, it's easy. True or false, Charles Kingsford Smith served as a pilot in the Royal Flying Corps during World War II. Well... I'll say no. I'll say that's false. You say that's false? It sounds too obvious to be true, so I'm going to say false as well. Oh, wow, you're both going false. Not hedging your bets at all. Nah. And you both are correct. Very well done. Tell me why that is false. Oh, it's too obvious. Like Julia said, 
Oh, Kingsford Smith, airports, <laughs> everything. He was a pilot. Oh. Why wouldn't he be? Well, nah. I mean, he was a pilot and he did serve as a pilot in the Royal Flying Corps, just not during World War Two. No, he was too old by then. He was already dead by he then. He was dead by then, Johnny. He was, <laughs> I was trying to be kind. I was trying to be kind. He was already dead. He died in 1935 attempting oh. to break the England to Australia speed record in a plane. He and his co-pilot, Tommy Petherbridge, went missing somewhere between India and mm. Singapore. And although part of their plane was recovered, their bodies were never found. But yes, already dead by World War II. And there's a small chance that he would have fought on the other side. Given that he was a member of the New Guard. Do you know what the New Guard is? They sound Nazi-ish. They kind of were. They were were an Australian fascist paramilitary group or organisation. Oh, my God. We've got a lot to be proud of in our history, haven't we? (laughs) I'd say we renamed that airport. (laughs) You know, I don't don't want to... uh, You don't want to cancel him, but, I mean, Nazis. (laughs) Yeah. So the New Guard are the guys that were really up against the New South Wales Labor Party and Jack Lang when he was the Premier. (laughs) And most famously, one of their members, Francis de Groot... Oh, the man that that cut the... Yeah, he he was the one that came and cut the ribbon before everybody else on the Sydney Harbour Bridge. He got on his horse and he went, I'm going to wreck it for everyone, and rode across with his sword and he cut it and went, "Eh, I did it and no one else can do it now. What a wrecker. Exactly. What a wrecker. What a wrecker. And he did that for Queen and Country because he was a uh, member of the New Guard. He was, you know. Well, interestingly, that's what um, de Groot means in in Dutch. It means the wrecker, Francis the the wrecker. (laughs) (laughs) Very well done. So, yes, you got that correct. But honestly, Charles Kingsford Smith, I really thought he was, I don't know, maybe he'd seen the first Qantas Lounge open. You know, might have actually been at one of those. Oh, yeah. He cut the ribbon for the first. Like in his 80s, he's in there enjoying the first cup of tea and sandwich. They're like, oh, here's a lounge. Is that what it looks like? Dead ages ago. Yeah, dead ages ago. Yeah, he would have been in his 40s, I think. Yeah, quite young. I mean, I'm 56. To me, that's quite young. Yeah, that is quite young. All right, question number four. We're on fire. You are. You're smashing it. Killing it. Which... Three-time Melbourne Cup winning jockey uh, has announced he will retire later this year and there's bonus points for naming the horses he rode to Melbourne Cup wins. Uh, that's a big pass from me. It's, it's, not, oh. a great, it's not a great sport. Um, Julia, Oh, Kitty, you, your sir. body language literally read as, I know, I know this, <laughs> I'm on top of it. Yep, I got it. Julia, calm down. No, no, quite the opposite. I sat back, I stopped listening. Johnny, I think it speaks to the quality of your two guests today, Kitty <laughs> and I, that we do not care for the sport, in inverted commas, of horse racing, no. that we have nothing to offer, that we can't say anything to you, and that indeed... We should move on. You know, we should move on. We should not even get the... No one's even I'm interested. I'm happy to hear the answer, but sure. I, I protest to not know what the if, answer. Okay, <laughs> you can make a protest uh, after the race is run. What if I told you that this person there is a movie made of one of his melbourne cup victories called the cup oh it's farla he, no no <laughs> no the jockey mccoyby diva is not one of the answers i'm sorry johnny We're looking for a jockey's johnny, name if it's not 
the guy who rode Sea Biscuit or the guy who rode Farlap, we're out. You're going to have to move on. You Bart can sit Simpson. there and hint all your life. Bart Cummings. Nobody Bart knows. Cummings. Gay, Bart Gay Cummings. Gay Waterhouse. Well, all these people are related in a way, you know, because they're horse racing, I guess. Stephen Curry played this man in the movie The Cup. We, we can't help you. Why are you not listening? Because <laughs> I Johnny want you to, to do, get to the. He yeah. likes to sort of get you to get to the end, and I mean, because short of I doing, know, I'm pretty sure that this name will be in your head oh, somewhere in the is dark it, recesses. Is it Darren? No, but you're very close. Is it's it Darren? Uh, his uh, oh. and he's got two first names. Well, oh. you know, his surname is a first. Well, name. this is just getting Oscar. harder now. Two Oscar? first names. Is his surname Oscar? No, his surname is a uh, a novel by Charles Dickens. Othello. No, I mean, what am I saying? What am I saying? What am I saying? What? You've got your great Charles Dickens. Oliver Twist. Oh, no, all the ch- Was it Oliver yeah. Twist? Well, oh, Oliver. Damien yeah, Oliver. Damien Oliver. See, I told Thank you to God. be in there. Still don't know. <laughs> no, you know. No, but Julia I mean, I couldn't. Does. Yeah, and the, and the horse would be. Oh, boy. They're three different horses, and you know what? Kingston horse Town. Like. Arrow. Wow. Black Stallion. My pretty wow. pony. <laughs> I, My pretty you, pony. I, I am going to tell you these ones. Blue because Eagle. I don't think you'll know. Stardust Doremus. Memories. Doremus, yep. Doremus in 1995. Oh. Remember Doremus? Media Puzzle in oh, 2002. Stupid. And Fiorente in 2013. Mm. I think Fiorente no. was a beautiful uh, bay gilding. I don't even know what those two words mean. I just wanted to say <laughs> them. <laughs> no, I think it's a lovely pasta sauce. Fiorente. <laughs> it's got a little it bit is. of little bit Fiorente. spinach. It's a little spicy. A little Maybe. bit of spinach Now, in it. listen, <laughs> I, this is off topic again, and I don't always do this. But we're now turning this podcast into a book club. Are you familiar with this book, Horse? No. By yes. Geraldine yes. Brooks? Yes, I Do you, am. Have you read it, Kitty Flanagan? I've read the first page, Johnny. Didn't grab you? Uh, I'm going to try it again. I'm oh, you gonna, really I'm should. Try it's to get so to good. Pages. Everybody tells me that I will give it another go. Good. And I think I'm too, the stupid Julia. one here. I've never heard of it before. I think it won a prize, she Julia. Is, she's an Australian author, but she mm. lives in the US. That's great. One of the biggest dreams of my life was to interview ABBA and I finally got to do oh. it when the ABBA Museum opened um, in Stockholm a few years ago and I got to get, I got Frieda on the red carpet and Benny and Bjorn earlier and I wasn't there. But when I went up to Benny, I said, hello, Julie Zemiro, SBS Australia. And he went, ah, Australia. And then he said something like Maccabi Diva or some horse. And I'm like, I'm like, where do I go from here? I go... Horse racing? Uh, this is what I'm saying to Benny from ABBA. I've been wanting to meet my whole life. <laughs> Maccabi Diva, I've gone, horse racing? What? He goes, yes. And I go, oh, so do you like horse racing? He goes, yes, Melbourne, Australia. I love horse racing. I said, so you're a gambler? I said, just to get shitty or something like that. And he said, no, I'm a winner. Or I'm a. Oh. It was the oddest conversation. Oh, and no. I, I regretted not knowing enough about horses then. And I, I suppose I still do. Well, you don't, you don't think he was but trying to lead that... you in, Julia, to, like, everyone coming together on the carpet, the winner takes it all. <laughs> oh. A prelude to a song. Was he going to write a new musical? No. no. And he had a bit of dandruff on his shoulders and I couldn't <laughs> stop looking. I was like, you know, when you go, you were the good-looking one in this band. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I think it That's was from really... his beard. You know how you oh. can get dandruff in your oh, beard? Oh, yeah. yeah. Beard, beardruff. 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 <laughs> yeah. 
Anyway, moving on. Yes. All right, moving on. My goodness. Question number five. The Let's song Ben, a 1972 hit for Michael Jackson, mm. is about what type of animal? A mouse. Well, not not a mouse. Oh, not a mouse. A rat. A rat. Oh, is yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, I yeah, didn't it's know a rat. That. Oh, I thought it was a mouse. And did you know this? I only discovered this while researching that it's a horror oh. movie. It's is a it? horror film. Yeah. With a rat? The rat is, you know, the kind of horrific killer. Oh, so in his wisdom, Michael's gone, oh, let's leak the, let the rat speak. The rat needs a friend. Let's write a song about I have a friend in Ben. Yeah, can you give us a. Do you know how it goes, Julia? And the, the two, two of us, us need look no more. No more. Very good, Kitty. We've, We've both found what we were looking for. For. We're We're the friend to call mine. You'll never be alone. You've got a friend in me. You've yeah. got a friend, friend in, in me. Yeah. Oh, and I think, Very I nice think too, I think that a rat might just be a mouse with a waist. I'm not 100% on that, <laughs> but I think they are in the same family. They are. Same family. It oh was Michael Jackson's first number one single in the US as a solo artist after spending one week in the top spot, making him the third youngest number one artist at the time at... 14 years old. Wow. The song was it was nominated for an Oscar, that song. What? And when he sang it at the Academy Awards, he was actually lip-syncing because he could no longer his voice had changed. Oh. And he could no longer sing in that register. Wow. Oh my god. Isn't that hilarious? That is I'm going to google fact. that later. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You are listening to the Saturday Quiz. I'm joined today by Julia Zamiro and Kitty Flanagan, and we are up to question number six. Well, how are we and going, is- Johnny? Are we doing well? You're smashing it. Are you kidding? Yeah, absolutely. Did you did you give us half a point for the horse racing question? Sure. <laughs> well, Julia got there eventually. She did, didn't she? Oh. Yeah. Against All my right. will. Question number six. <laughs> Kirk, Var, Rab, and Cress are Ooh. all islands of which nation? Crab. That sounds kind of Greek. Well, it's like Kirk. It's K-R-K Ooh. is how... No vowels. Okay. No vowels. Var is H V A R. Rab is how you think it is. And Cress mm-hmm. with a C. C R E S. Julie Zimmer's got, got it. Look, it's Scandinavian. Oh, I'm going to oh, say. It's not. Oh, no. H V A R. That's a Scandinavian spelling and sound. Uh, sure, but it, but it ain't. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> okay. She's okay. Going again. Have another go. Thailand. Oh, no. I, I, was, I was with you there with a bit of. Kapkun crap or whatever. You, the you, yeah, yeah, you. Kapkun car, Kapkun crap. That's what you it were is. closer when you said Scandinavia. Oh, geographically okay. closer. Russia, Greenland. Well, that. It's not up that far. Eastern Europe. Yes. Oh. Okay. Islands in Eastern Europe. Uh, Croatia. Is exactly oh. the right answer. Very well done. Oh, well, Croatia is the new. 
Croatia is the new Mediterranean hotspot. Like that's yes. where people go to have old school Mediterranean holiday because everything else is full. <laughs> yeah, and and these I was looking at some of these islands. Cress, I think in, in particular, is beautiful. You know, mm. it's what it's that right those kind there. of islands where they're just pa- like the buildings are those beautiful old churches and goings on. Don't you think gorgeous. that our coastlines would look better? I mean, this is a proposal I keep putting to council and they won't take me up on it, so I'll see if I can get some backing here. Imagine okay. the coastline in Sydney with our beautiful blue waters. What if we just made everyone paint their houses white? Wouldn't it look better? Oh, Wouldn't sure. it look better? Oh, then wow. everyone can have their ugly choices and their ugly architecture because you can't legislate for taste. But what if we just said you can build whatever oh, you want yeah. but just paint it white? Wouldn't that look nice? That's a great idea. That's very Grecian. And how nice does it look when you go to Greece? You don't notice that some of those buildings are dreadful. But this Mm. hodgepodge that we've got going on of, you know, Mm. brown texture brick and red and it's Mm. too much. It's too Mm. much. Okay. You should be Prime Minister. Very good. Just an idea. Take it to council. Take it to Clover, would you? All right, question number seven. Where in the human body would you find the medial meniscus? Oh, now a meniscus sounds like a knee. But does yeah. medial change it? I don't know. What do you think? Is the elbow a mini knee? Oh, that might be a meniscus too. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yes. As far as I know, the meniscus is what goes over the knee, so it's either in the knee or in the elbow. Yes, the elbow is definitely the knee of the arm, isn't it? <laughs> the elbow is the knee of the arm. And therefore, would the joint in a finger be the knee of the finger? Sure. <laughs> I have many knees in my fingers. <laughs> so many knees. Oh, a medial, um, medial. Well, does medial mean, what does that mean, middle? middle? I'll tell you this. The, the menisci, the medial meniscus and the lateral meniscus oh. are crescent-shaped bands of thick rubbery cartilage. And so the medial meniscus is on the inside of the joint and the lateral meniscus is on the outside of the joint. Well, well it's I think we might still say yeah. knee. Yeah, it is yeah. knee. Of course Knew it's it. knee. And that's spelled K-N-E, K-N-E-E. <laughs> Yeah. Which, which is an island in Croatia as well. Correct, yeah. <laughs> and you can also, do you, Julia, when you cook and you pour your liquids in, do you do that thing where you check the meniscus? You have to go down to eye level to check the oh. meniscus on your um, liquids when you're measuring your liquids out. Kitty and I lived together for uh, <laughs> several periods in our lives. She's an excellent cook, very messy. I mean, I don't approve of that, but well, she's I, a very I good heard book. that she was so very me- messy in your 488 rules. In your book, you, yeah, I you admit come it. clean I admit about it. your... Yeah. yeah, good girl. All right, well, talking about cooking, here we go. Question number eight. Ooh. Oh, this is good. We're in it. We're, We're in this. In. We're going to nail it. Halak oh, is no. the Romanized Hindi word for what vegetable? Oh, what kind of cooking do you do mostly, Kitty Flanagan? Well, palak paneer is that cheese, isn't it? Mm, but what cheese isn't is a, vi- no. a vegetable. Paneer though. is the cheese. Is it spinach? No. Yes, it's spinach. It's spinach, it is, because palak yeah. paneer is the cheese with the spinach. Yeah. So paneer well is is the name for the, that kind of cottage cheese, that Indian uh, cottage cheese. Mm, and, yeah, yeah palak is the it's spinach. spinach, is it? Yeah. Oh. It's delicious palak paneer. It is delicious. Question number nine. Based on Agatha Christie's Halloween party, the latest film starring Kenneth Branagh as Hercule Poirot is titled A Haunting in Where? Oh. I would think Agatha Christie wouldn't give a tinker's cuss about Halloween. Is that an American thing? Yeah, that doesn't sound right. Well, what do you want me to tell you? 
She <laughs> oh, I, I think, she wrote the book. <laughs> I think we're, All Hallows Day. She must be referring to the original All Hallows exactly. Day. Exactly. And it is, look, it is uh, spelt with the appropriate apostrophe. So, okay. so the ones that are in the... A haunting in where? So it's a in, city. I'll give you that. Oh, in the... Not in the. Oh, just in. Just in. In the city. In. I thought you were giving it to us. In the city. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the name of a city. Okay. A haunting in Paris. Oh, no. Dubbo. <laughs> Nor is it Dubbo. Sure. Okay, um, so I'm assuming it's the United Kingdom, but is it the United States? It is neither of those. Oh. United. Ah. Okay, well, the, oh. the most haunting place I've ever been to was uh, Romania and Hungary because oh. all the Draculas are there. Transylvania, so I'm going to say oh. haunting in Transylvania. What that's, about? I feel like that's a little outside her. Um, right. Was, was Hercule Poirot, was he Belgian? Is it Brussels or something? He was Belgian. Very well done. Yes. Uh, but it is not Brussels, and nor is it anywhere in, in Belgium. A haunting in Rome. You're in the right continent, and now you're in the right country. A haunting in what, what sounds? Venice. Venice is oh, the right answer. Julia, of course. Yes, A Haunting in <laughs> Venice course. is the new film oh. starring <laughs> Kenneth Branagh as Hercule Poirot. <laughs> Have you seen? I, I haven't seen Branagh play Poirot yet. No, I've seen David Suchet, Peter Ustinov. What about yes. this? Um, you know the guy in the Onion ones, the yes. James Bond guy? Is he oh, yes, playing yeah. Poirot or is he just playing a weirdly accented no, that's, man? That's a new, that's a new invented character. New oh, invented that, character. I think you'll find he comes from the South. He has some yeah. kind of way of talking that is... Well, I didn't understand what the accent was, so I thought maybe he was doing Belgian. <laughs> Belgian. Like, Perhaps he's... This is, <laughs> he's this deep is a, South. This South is a Belgium. Belgian accent I wasn't familiar with. It's a very odd turn that he's yeah. doing in that film. I yeah, love it. it I, they, they've been great, those mm, films. I didn't, films, but, I you know, oh, you didn't? We, can, we, can, we can differ We can agree that. to that's disagree right. on that one. I think no, because I was too distracted by the accent. I was by like, the what, accent. what is he? Where yeah. is he from? And What's what he is doing? he doing and why is he there? You've already named David Suchet what is a, and Peter Ustinov. Oh, well, Hercule Poirot was also played by... Tony Randall, oh. which that was a surprising one. Isn't he from... Yeah, the odd couple, the TV odd couple. Did he do a Belgian accent? Maybe, Belgian-American. Albert Finney, Peter Ustinov, and recently John Malkovich. No. What? I know. I'm not... Oh, he's scrapping the bottle in the barrel, isn't he? He used to be the evil guy, and now he's doing Poirot. Yeah. No. No. He doesn't scream Poirot. I'd be frightened if he turned up to solve the crime. I'd go, well, you're the murderer, clearly. (laughs) (laughs) Way to throw us off the scent, Poirot. You've murdered, and now you've come to solve the crime. (laughs) Yeah. Genius. Clever. Very clever. All right, final question. Question number 10. And it's it's quite it's, the quiz takes a bit of a dark turn here. I'm afraid. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Right. Uh, it, gonna, it wasn't my choice. But we're going to end on that. We'll be serious. Yeah, we'll be serious. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit serious. Oh no! On Boxing Day of what year did a deadly tsunami strike the coast of several countries of South and Southeast Asia? So, what year 
was that? Just before we get to it, this is a little like what they used to do to me when I worked on the project. And on Tuesday nights, I'd do my funny little bit at the end of the show. Oh, here's three minutes of hilarity from Kitty. But usually I'd be introduced by, you know, but, you know, just after they've done a story on some poor little kitty with cancer or something, and now some levity after everyone's in tears... There's been a disaster. There's been an earthquake in Turkey, whatever. And now, Kitty, your thoughts on underpants? And I'd be like, oh, <laughs> we couldn't have gone to an ad break before we threw to me. But no, you're doing oh. the same thing to us now, Jonathan. I'm so sorry. Well, uh, <clears throat> you know, I don't write the questions. But, I want to uh, say 2004, 2006. Oh, yeah, say that then. Is that, is that right-ish? Yeah, that is exactly correct. Oh, my God. Oh, Kitty. Yeah. <laughs> Well, hang on a sec. Let me just show you where I got that from. <laughs> She's pointing to She's her She's pointing to her bottom, everyone. Pulled that right out of my ass. <laughs> well done, Kitty. 2004. Yeah. The uh, Boxing Day tsunami, the, the earthquake that caused the tsunami was the most powerful earthquake ever recorded in Asia, the most powerful earthquake in the 21st century, and the third most powerful earthquake ever recorded in the world since modern seismography began in 1900. It seems a lot more recent, though, doesn't it? Like, that's nearly 20 years ago now. That it seems a lot more recent. Ago. Yeah. That gave, yeah, that gave me nightmares, that story. Yeah. I didn't, I, now, I, whenever I go to the beach now, I, I do always do go there. I go there. I go, oh, what if a tsunami came? What would I do? Yeah. How would you do it? Where would I run? Oh. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it was exceptional. The resulting tsunami devastated communities along the surrounding coast of the Indian Ocean, causing the deaths of over 200,000 people Good in 14 God. countries. Oh, there's but some... wow. one of the more surprising stories of survival is that of the very small tribe of people, I'm not sure how I pronounce this, the Ong, Ongi tribe, O-N-G-E, who have lived on Little Andaman Island off the coast of India for between 30,000 and 50,000 years, their population is estimated to be only around 100 individuals. But it appears that almost all of them survived the quake and the devastating waves which followed, thanks mostly to traditional stories they have that tell of the ground-shaking and a great wall of water destroying the land. They knew so it was coming. They knew it was coming. Taking heed of that story, they survived the tsunami catastrophe. What did they, they do? They moved to higher ground? They or? went to... They all went yeah, to took ground. shelter in the highlands. <gasps> wow. Isn't that amazing? You can't beat local knowledge. You can't. I exactly. know. It's all that. And, you know, yeah. hey, everyone, wow. get on board. First Nations, mm. get on board. They've got Absolutely. the story. Exactly. Want to find water? Well... Yeah. That, oh, Johnny, I'm, it's 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 a sad one to end on, but that's a good bit of uplifting at the end because they good. knew what they were doing. Mm. Oh. Yeah, amazing. Gee. Well, Julie Zimiro, Kitty Flanagan, thank you so much for doing the quiz. Oh, it's been thank so you. fun. It's been a pleasure. I'll just tell you, we do the quiz in our dressing room. Um, before every show, our um, tour manager, Glenn, he collects quizzes from, you know, just, all the he papers. Just, he just keeps them from all the papers, and we do the quiz. That's our that's our pre-show warm-up. Is we do the quiz with Glenn wow. as the quiz master, and you should really try and get Glenn Butcher on the quiz because my sister and I are terrible at it. He knows everything. <laughs> there is not I've a question. Glenn, Glenn Butcher. Wow, I, w- I would love to get Glenn on the show. 
He's that amazing. actually is how this podcast started, Kitty. I was being quiz master on yeah. several shows. Like I did a production of Shakespeare in Love. Yeah. And we, at, at the half hour, we, we would all gather in the corridor of the dressing rooms. It's great, isn't and it? It's such a great bonding exercise. Yeah. You know. well, Glenn, Glenn actually did it when he was working on Kinky Boots. He, um, uh-huh. he was in the cast and he, he, you know, was on at the beginning and on at the end. And so in the middle, when he had a lot of time, he would conduct quiz and they eventually had to shut it down because it was all getting too noisy in the hallways, side stage when quiz was happening. Yeah. Oh my God. Who cares about the show? <laughs> and, yeah. You know, people late to come on because Glenn's conducting the quiz and they just want to get one more answer. <laughs> I know this one. I know this one. Yeah, yeah. And Glenn, Glenn plays Victor in Fisk. He yes. plays um, her dad's boyfriend. Of yes. course he does, yes. yes. Mace- and yeah. he's been full frontal with Kitty and yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Great. But it's been oh. a pleasure. It's been so fun. And when Julia said, do you want to do the quiz? I went, of course I want to do the quiz. Oh, thanks, Kitty. So, that that makes me really too. happy. It's been a joy having you both on. People can see Julia Zamiro walking around the country on And what everyone you say, is Thursday loving nights? that show, Julia. Everyone is loving it. So watch it if you haven't watched it. It's just Thanks, a Kitty. Thursday night, 7.30, SPS. Or you can catch it on SBS. Uh, on demand. On, on demand. <laughs> yes. And Kitty, your book or your books, 488 Rules for Life and the second volume. If you've got insomnia, get onto it. <laughs> Let me read you to sleep. <laughs> That's on the ABC Listen app. And, of course, Fisk is Fisk is still on iView. It's as two well seasons. As on. It's on Netflix yeah. one season, but both seasons are on iView. If you're, if you're itching to get the second season oh. before it comes out on Netflix, you can still watch the second season on iView. So. Excellent. Great. Well, thanks, you two. Thank you, lovely. See you next time.